And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Well, good morning, Lena, and happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's warm. <laughs> Still, I know. I mean, seriously, what is going on? I'm so confused right now. <laughs> yes, yes. I think that's a general consensus. It's scheduled to be colder tomorrow. Schedule being kind of a key italicized, I'm not quite sure word. <laughs> Schedule. But one thing I'm worried about is like we're getting this unseasonably very warm conditions, but then I'm just dreading that it's not going to be like a sudden cold snap just like sub-zero and so suddenly cold just uh, out of the blue and that's just certainly gonna <laughs> chill my bones yes <laughs> all right uh, we'll let you know tomorrow how that works okay so let's take a look at some of these major headlines uh, starting with a ban on short selling this is our first keyword of the day short selling bad so financial authorities in Korea will reimpose a ban on short-selling shares from today through at least next June. They say it's to crack down on illegal short sales and improve the system, maybe balance out retail and investment, uh, well, institutional investors and see what's most fair. Um, the fact that it will be sort of banned until next June, that signals an important time frame, right? I mean, there is an important yeah. election coming up next year as well. Right. So, yes, it is. Uh, of course, the election is in April. And so they're putting in this ban in place uh, until after right, uh, right. that election takes place. Uh, now, the ban reinstates the curbs that were actually lifted in May uh, in 2021 on large cap stocks, mostly after the practice was temporarily banned following the pandemic. Of course, the pandemic led to uh, basically a whole uh, downward trend and a bullish, uh, sorry, a bearish, mm. a very bearish market. Uh, and of course, you short sell on a bear market. Very uh, bearish so market. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, you, uh, short sellers uh, basically uh, it's favorable for them if the market, uh, of course, is on a downward trend. And of course, there are a lot of illegal practices. And there's mm. been a lot of controversy surrounding uh, short selling, uh, not just because of the pandemic, but even before that as well. So mm. this whole issue of short selling in Korea, especially, has been a bit has been a bit of a touchy one. Um, now the decision actually marks the fourth time the practice has been prohibited. Now it was announced after uh, financial authorities recently discovered rampant illegal short selling practices by global investment uh, banks. Uh, now the Financial Services Commission said the ban will be applied to all listed stocks on the Cosby, Kostak and Connex markets. So uh, it's quite unusual because so mm -hmm. far, uh, the ban on short selling has been kind of partial, allowing the short selling of major stocks, including mm -hmm. in the Cosby 200 index, as well as the Kostak 150 mm -hmm. as exceptions. Now, during the ban, the government plans to improve regulations to prevent the recurrence of illegal short selling practices. Authorities will ultimately um, resolve what has been widely viewed as an uneven playing field that favoured institutional uh, investors, so basically individual uh, investors and retail investors, were kind of um, had a, a bit of an un, uh, were a bit of an, an advantage uh, because of these institutional investors. So they were losing out on a lot of money. Mm. Now regulators uh, also uh, vowed to improve the short selling system as well amid growing market volatility caused by high interest rates and geopolitical risks. They will also form a special investigation team. Uh, which will launch a probe from today, in fact, into local investment banks to monitor illegal short sales. The government will also consider measures to establish a real-time blocking system to prevent illegal naked short selling. Now, the authorities also aim to work with the National Assembly 
um, to enact necessary laws. So we'll have to see what kind of improvement re- measures Hmm. Uh, they come up with, uh, if any at all, uh, of course, it has been a very touchy subject. So we'll have to see uh, what the authorities come up with. All right. And with our second key word, we'll take a closer look at our unaffordable grocery list. Our second key word of the day. Price control. So in response to the recent surge in food prices, the government will set up a task force to oversee and regulate the costs of seven essential food items. Uh, tell us more, Adam. Right. So this team will concentrate uh, basically on the seven items of instant noodles, uh, ramen, uh, bread, snacks, coffee, ice cream, sugar and milk. So, yeah, basically your uh, <laughs> daily necessities or basically your basic ingredients for a... Uh, mm. Food, basically, uh, overall. Now, the government task force will closely monitor the prices of these uh, food items and execute strategies to control and stabilize their prices. Uh, the consumer price soared uh, nearly 4% last month compared to the same period last year. Also, prices of grocery items have risen by more than 5% for the first 10 months of this year. Um, amid a surge in these oil, uh, global prices of oil and crops, this trend is unfortunately likely to continue throughout the remainder of the next year. Some say it'll leak into next year as well. Uh, if the surge continues, it will be the first time in more than a decade that price increases of vegetable, fruit, meat, milk and other staples have remained above uh, 5% for three years straight. So we certainly have been living Um, in a very expensive time, and Mm. it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. Now, this, of course, amplifies the government's commitment to uh, managing prices. Uh, They've been vowing to do so for a while now. Uh, Now, the task force will work with uh, key stakeholders, uh, uh, related uh, industries as well, such as food producers, uh, as well as distributors and retailers to collect data Mm. and insights on pricing trends and market conditions. This information will, of course, guide policy decisions and interventions, if necessary, aimed at stabilizing prices um, and ensuring that such food items are available to consumers. Uh, The government is also implementing measures to boost food production and supply, as well as promote market competition and improve distribution efficiency. Uh, These efforts target addressing the root causes of escalating food prices and securing long-term food food security for the country. Mm. Uh, There's been a lot of criticism here in Korea as well, because uh, whenever there is global inflation, Korean prices of food and groceries do tend to go up even more so, because there's just a lot of middlemen and a lot of middle players Mm. in between, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of course, and they add tag-on prices, uh, whereas... Uh, in a lot of other developed countries, um, there's a lot of cases where it is just a farm to shells uh, or just a one single middleman or middle organization or uh, yeah, or firm. Now, the Food Ministry has said the task force is not a permanent organization, mm. but a temporary one until prices stabilize, whenever that will be. <laughs> All right. But I think you touched upon something that's also quite important, like tackling the fundamental reason why our prices yeah. hike at perhaps a higher rate than other developed countries, but that's a much more tricky set of question on supply chain, is it not? So for now... Right, it certainly is. And the whole government and uh, distribution infrastructure and culture as well. uh, I I don't see it overhauling it overnight, but nonetheless, we need a task force to stabilize prices in the short run. That's what this Mm -hmm. seems to be aimed at. Let's move on to our third keyword of the day. 
Workweek plan. So the government's plans to reform work hours, which had been halted following the controversy surrounding the so-called 69-hour workweek in March, are set to resurface. The government is set to announce the results of a related survey and the policy direction for labor reform next Monday. Uh, as you can imagine, it wasn't. It didn't sit well with the younger generation. A proposed perhaps up to 69 hours of workweek. Right. I don't want. To, I don't want to sound like I have old man syndrome, but yes, the younger generation, uh, especially. <laughs> <laughs> the MZs, uh, as they're being called. You do realize uh, we're millennials, right? <laughs> we are millennials, yes. But uh, the kind of the uh, like a semi generation below us, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, they're. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they're more unwilling to work uh, even longer hours mm-hmm. uh, than what we're used to. Let's sure. say, uh, so of course, any any notion of the fact that any work hours will be increasing of course, isn't going to sit well with them. And so there a bit of controversy when this whole plan was initially, mm-hmm. uh, or reform plan was initially uh, announced. Uh, so it was put on hold, and now it's uh, going to be, as you said, resurfaced. Now this was supposed to, this announcement was actually happen, uh, supposed to happen uh, on the 8th, uh, so uh, in a couple of days, but it was a delay for final checks. Uh, there were also a couple of delays b- before that as well. Now, the government is being careful, of course. They don't want to repeat the controversy mm. from March. But um, people are watching to see if the government can find a way uh, to agree on work hours. Now, the new plan is a revised version from the one in March, apparently. The government has said they would uh, keep the maximum 52-hour work week. But they would allow for more hours in a month, quarter, half a year, or even a year, which could mean up to 69 uh, hours in a week. The idea was basically to stop uh, unpaid labor that goes over uh, 52 hours a week and to allow more flexibility so workers could work more when there's a lot more to do and rest more when there's uh, less to do. That was the basic uh, premise of it anyway. But the plan has, of course, faced backlash from uh, labor unions uh, who say the plan would be used by companies in their favor. Uh, the Labour Ministry says the announcement is not a new plan, but what it's calling a supplement direction. So um, it might only suggest a direction, not a specific uh, plan or policy. So mm. it's unclear how much, quote unquote, direction will be given. Uh, President Yu has previously mentioned that working more than 60 hours per week uh, would be impractical for health reasons. So it's unlikely that the new plan will allow for more than 60 hours a week. So. Um, If they keep the idea of flexibility of 52 hours per week, they might apply in uh, differently for each industry. Now, the survey in question was actually done by industry uh, so they can see what industry thinks about the current system and the new plan. If different industries prefer different work hour systems, this could be reflected in the uh, policy or direction that will be announced next week. Uh, And of course, next year is an election year. So the government and parliament might find it hard to try to change work hours for the time being. Uh, it is a controversial um, issue. So, uh, mm. yes, rival parties will try and avoid anything that might, uh, you know, stir things in the wrong direction. All right, with that, we move on to our fourth keyword of the day. So local governments in Korea are scrambling to contain an outbreak of bed bugs in the country. But we had a special interview on Friday and we need to manage the sort of uh, expectations because it's not as bad as it seems. But nonetheless, there is more sightings. What's the latest, Adam? Right. Not as bad as it seems. But of course, yes, uh, it is. Uh, unpleasant. Has, course, <laughs> it is unpleasant to uh, hear about the uh, yeah, bed bugs being 
uh, rampant across the country. But uh, yes, uh, we'll have to see the extent of mm. how much control or extermination uh, happens. Now, Korea actually brought bedbugs uh, nearly to extinction via extinction uh, via nationwide extermination campaigns in the 60s, uh, but started to see a surge in reports last month, including multiple cases as a uni- as a university dormitory in Tegu, as well as a public sauna in Incheon. So. Uh, such extermination campaigns, uh, they've worked before, so mm. we'll have to see if it works again. Now, the Seoul Metropolitan Government said it has received 17 cases um, so far. The city has set aside 500 million won to prevent uh, bedbug infestations from spreading. Uh, it'll also distribute checklists to residents to know if they've got an infestation in uh, areas. Uh, under the measures, bedbug reports can be made to a local uh, public health centre or by calling one. Uh, 2-0, uh, or then the city ward offices will then dispatch authorities to inspect refor- um, reported infestations and conduct uh, necessary uh, measures. Uh, the city will also plan thousands of facilities that could be prone to bed bugs, such as hotels and other mm. uh, accommodation facilities and public bathhouses as well. And the government will also hold advisory meetings with experts to kind of devise measures to control the matter. Also elsewhere, Incheon is going to inspect uh, or conduct hygiene inspections on uh, 48 saunas and 700 hotels in the city. The Pusan government also started to provide uh, updates on big reports in the city as well on its website. Mm. And uh, it's uh, providing prevention and response uh, measures. Uh, and the local health authorities will also provide pest control training sessions to companies that are involved in logistics mm. to Uh, also stopping the possible spread. All right. I'm told that the best advice is to seek professional help for extermination. Uh, No amount of heat that I can impose in a room could exterminate. So that's the best advice I got from a professional. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. If you don't know, then of course, yeah, resort to the consultations of an expert. I mean, I think it's uh, a given, but... No, because there are all these online advices. Like you can buy certain Uh, chemical products it's just not strong enough, is what I'm told. Yeah, do, do right. take those kind of information with a grain of salt. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, if you're uh, internet or tech savvy, then you'll know that uh, not everything online is reliable. <laughs> you don't say. Right. <laughs> On to our final keyword of the day. North Korea blasts drills. So North Korea continues to criticize the ongoing military cooperation among South Korea, the U.S. and Japan. It has issued a warning that the situation could potentially lead to a nuclear war on the Korean Peninsula. Uh, Quite a threat. What's the latest? Yeah, so this is coming, of course, uh, amid uh, increasing uh, military cooperation and drills between the three allies. The Nordong Shimun, the public uh, state newspaper of the North, so the trilateral um, militaries have entered uh, what it's calling a dangerous stage or a very dangerous stage. It added that no one can su- ensure this military campaign is not leading to a nuclear war and even a third world war. Now, the paper criticized the military partnership, saying it is heavily influenced by the US and portrays the US and Japan as the main causes of tensions on the Korean peninsula. So it's putting more of the blame. Uh, on the U.S. and Japan than uh, South Korea, basically blaming uh, 
the Allies rather than uh, mm-hmm. the South. Now, it added that the North has established the strongest response strategy by arming the nation with nuclear weapons to protect sovereignty and the well-being of the people from the war of aggression by the U.S. and its followers. The paper called its military activities uh, self-defensive mm-hmm. to thoroughly safeguard against the enemy's warmongering and to protect peace and stability of the region. The North Korean ministry has always said that it's Wrapping up of uh, weapons systems and programs after self-defense um, and this rhetoric has been going back and forth for quite a while now, hasn't it? So, yeah, even more tensions across the peninsula. Thank you very much, Anna, for today's coverage. We'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.